Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity you've given us to come together tonight, Lord, to just to fellowship, Lord, to lift up your holy name, Lord, and to, to just take a rest from this wicked world we live in, Lord, and to feast upon your word, God, to, to grow strong, Lord, and wise, and Lord, to purify ourselves and to purge out any leaven that's in our lump, God, and to line our lives up with your word. God, I just ask that you would use me now as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost, Lord. I pray, God, that you would give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word tonight. Give us the spiritual eyes to see the path, Lord, as you lay it out before us. And give us the godly wisdom we need to walk in that path. And, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. We're going to continue on with this message tonight as we've been talking about coming into the congregation. Amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, we are now at, I believe, uh, Deuteronomy 4. Is that correct? Okay. So let's go to Deuteronomy 4. And this is part 5, I believe, isn't it? Part five, yeah, part, huh? Five, right? Yeah, okay, part five. <clears throat> and, of course, the, the message being about what is required of people to enter into the congregation of God and what's required for you to stay and be a part of the kingdom of God and what is required to please God and to continue moving forward and so on and so forth. So now we're... Here in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 1. Now, therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you. For to do them that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Now, I hope you've got this underlined in your Bible, because if you don't, it needs to be underlined. You shall not add to it, shall not add unto the word which I command you, he put it right where he wanted it. Neither shall ye diminish aught from it. You shall not take anything from it. Period. God made the rules exactly like they need to be. That ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. Church, with God, there's always signs following. There's always going to be signs that God is there or God has been there. There's always going to be signs that it is of God or that it is not of God. You're going to know. There ain't going to be no guessing game. How many times have you seen the things that the Lord has done because of disobedience? Perhaps it's been part of your life at some time or another. Perhaps you found yourself 
wondering how in the world you got where you are. And the Lord brought to your remembrance where you went off that beaten path. To help, you, to help remind you of what you need to do to get back where it is you belong. Amen? But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you this day. No doubt some of you have many people in your lives that have gone by the wayside. Maybe you've had friends or family members or whatever that are no longer with us. And you should have been right there with them, some of you. But they're gone because of their disobedience. And yet, those that chose to cleave to this God we're serving are still here today. Every one of you this day. Many of us should not be here today. And we would not be here today had it not been that we cleaved to this God. And because we cleave to this God, every one of us are alive this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me. Now, that ye should do so in the land whithersoever you go to possess it. Who's talking here? Moses is talking here. Okay? Listen to what Moses said. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments. But he didn't just teach them statutes and judgments. Even as the Lord my God commanded me. Folks, the things that I teach you, the commandments and the judgments and all those things, the things that I teach you are the things that my God commanded me to teach His people. It ain't an option for me. There's no option. When Jesus says do it, honey, there ain't nothing left but to do it. That's it. Because this ain't my show. This is God's operation here. Period. You belong to Him. You don't belong to me. I'm just an overseer. I'm a caretaker of this garden. I'm a caretaker of this pasture. So my job is to guard the gate. My job is to make sure you're fed and watered well. My job is to make certain that there ain't no garbage in this food, that there's no poison in this food, that there's no sickness in this herd, amen, and that you're exactly what you need to be so that one day, ha-ya, ma-ha-ya, that one day I can present you to my king and say, here they are, Lord, here is your flock. No different than going down to the Houston Fat Stock Show and Rodeo and bringing your prize uh, uh, sheep or lamb or whatever it is or your prize heifer or whatever it may be. And you, you present them, and I mean, buddy, they are something to behold. Amen. Well, that's what I want my God to do. I want my God to look at these heifers and say, all righty then. Amen. 
<laughs> you knew I was going to go there because I seen that I'm a heifer. Look in your eye. <laughs> he said, he just called me a heifer. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, you little moo-moo. You know. <laughs> Yeah, fat stock show and rodeo. It's fat stock. Yeah, it's called the Houston Fat Stock Show and Rodeo. It's livestock, but it used to be fat stock show and rodeo. No, them animals love to be called fat. Them animals are proud to be fat, buddy, because they see their skinny little relatives when they're going down the road looking at these uh, looking at these little string bean uh, heifers in the and and bulls and the look like they're starving half to death, and they're going down there and say. Uh, yep, that's right. <laughs> I'm gonna eat steak tonight. Yep, you know. They're happy to be fat, huh? Yeah. As a matter of fact, Lord talks about you know uh, the sheep that are not fed right and skinny and all that kind of stuff. And you ever see them? You, you know, you can see that happening sometimes too, where you have one guy that takes very good care of his animals, and the other side they're starving to death, and they're just looking over the fence, you know. Is, you know, how sad is that? Anyway, praise God. He said, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments. Not just any statutes or any judgments. I taught you the judgments that the, even as the Lord my God commanded me. Before you get it, I get it. This is not just, this is not just do as I say, do not as I do. My job is to live it before you. And that's why I need prayer. I'm human too. And I need prayer to be a good godly example to this flock. Amen. Before you get the commandments, I get the commandments. And God makes very clear His commandments with me. He didn't talk real sweet to me. I was talking to somebody earlier today. I said, you know, it's amazing to me. Man, I've heard God just, when I do something wrong, it's like, what was that? Have you lost your mind? I'll hit you so hard you never did even exist. Get back over where I put you. What the rock? Knock you out. Get over there where you belong. But you know what? God ain't never had no problem cracking me in the head over something. But one thing I very seldom ever heard from my God all the time I've served Him, very seldom have I ever heard Him say, man, that was a good job. Good job. Man, you did good. Man, you did good. That's just something I don't ever hardly hear from God. Now, there have been a time or two when God saw that I was at the end of my rope or really downtrodden over something, and God pulled me up and said, you know what, I got you. What are you worried about? I got you. You're doing good. Get over yourself. Don't take Don't take that for granted, because it ain't that good. Okay, you're doing good. Good enough for me not to put you in hell today, and I'm proud of you for that. But get over it, and let's get on. we got things to do. Let's get on with it. And that's how he does me. Well, you know what? If that's how God does me, that's how God does His people. 
because God is not a respecter of persons. So when people come to me and say, well, God would just tell me, oh, well, I'm just so proud of you. Oh, my goodness, you're so good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That tells me they're dealing with Satan because God don't do that. I serve the real God, and I know I do. And my God don't do that. You don't need anybody to puff you up. We're like puff adders. We ain't got no problem being puffed up. What we need is somebody to walk around like my wife does with something to stab you with. To keep you unpuffed. She's not the stay puffed marshmallow woman. She's the unpuffed woman who can unpuff you like right now. I just praise God wasn't nobody standing in front of me that day because I'd have kicked him over the fence. When you jabbed me in the leg and stabbed me that time, man, boy, I mean, almost turned a backwards flip. Yeah. Yeah, she started to do that the other day. I reared back. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm going to knock her out. I'd have to cook for myself. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Ooh, boy, that was a scary thought right there. Woo! That ye should do so in the land whithersoever or whither ye go to possess it. Amen. So, what is this for? These commandments that God's given us? These commandments are so that we so that we would continue in these things. God is preparing us for everything He's sending us to and everything that's coming toward us. There's a lot of things coming towards us like a freight train right now, right now. There's much more to this than you can possibly know and see. I can't see it. There's much more to this. This stuff's going to come together. It's going to be ugly. But praise God, we've got God. The sooner we get started with it, the sooner we're going to get through it. Amen. I want this over with. I want all this over with. It doesn't make it any easier looking at it and going through it. But I want it all to pass. Amen. Keep, therefore. Keep, therefore. And do them. What does that mean? What does that mean, keep? And do them. Well, you know what? You got to keep it. You got to keep it with you. First, before you can do something, you got to know it. You got to keep it. Keep it right here. Remember when he said, let it be as frontless between your eyes? They had actual phylacteries. Those frontlets are right. It's written. There's a little scroll in that thing they got on their forehead. It's key scriptures that God said to put there. And they put those there. Why? Because every time they look, they can see that right there. It's between their eyes. Wherever they go, that word's going before them. And wherever they go, they're looking at that word. It's there and it reminds them to pray. It's like tying a ribbon around your finger, a string around your finger so you don't forget something. Amen. So keep. Therefore, and do them. It ain't enough to just keep them and know them. you got to do them. You can't just memorize them and have them and know them and understand them, but you got to do them. You need to execute them. Praise God. For this is your wisdom 
and your understanding in the sight of the nations, what? Which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is as is a wise and understanding people. Now, man, I, if you ain't got this underlined, you don't even deserve to have a pen in your hand. Keep therefore and do them. But listen, listen to this next part. It's just so key. It's so key to your our walk with God. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. What's it saying right there, Sister Quick? That's right. It's not just your wisdom and your understanding. But what it is, in the sight of the nations, wherever you go or wherever you're at, when you go around people and they see you living the way you live and doing the things that you do every day, they see that is your wisdom and your understanding of the Word of God. It's you being wise in the Word, you having an understanding of the Word of God in their sight of wherever you go. And they will hear all these statutes because they're going to want to know, why do you do that? Why do you do that? And after a while, they're going to find out. They may not ask you, but they will ask somebody, even if they have to ask Google. Okay? Why do these people do this? Why do these people do that? Of course, they're going to get 14,000 messages, and then they're going to have that derogatory thing at the end of it. Of course, we know that you don't have to do that. They've lost their mind and all that kind of stuff because Satan's got to put his spin on it. But he said, this is your wisdom and understanding in the sight of the nations. This is, this is what they see as your wisdom and understanding, and they will hear the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say. They're going to hear these statutes, and they're going to know there's something different about this, and they're going to say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. It doesn't matter what those people say to you. They're full of malarkey. But they know. All those women that hate you up there, or hate, or hate on people, Pentecostal women, they know it. They know what they're supposed to be doing. It's just like lesbians and homosexuals and all that. They know what they're doing is wrong. They know it's wrong. They know it's wrong. And when they get around people like us, oh, boy, man, you talking about a thorn in the flesh. Man, you are a, huh, you're a rock in their fruit loops, man. They don't want that. They don't want to be nowhere around you. And, and that's the way it is. They know. They know. They know what we have is right. You find somebody that's sick and on their deathbed, if there's any Pentecostal in their family, that's the one they're going to call. It's fact. They're going to find the one that's as holy as can be. The holiest one in their family, the one that always go to church, great-grandma or grandma or mom or somebody, whoever goes to church every Sunday will not miss. Whoever, all the time you don't want to be around them because all they talk about Jesus. But you let one of them be on their deathbed or come down with something real sick or something, get cancer or something like that, buddy. Get out of the way. Where's grandma at? That's where they're going. Oh, they'll stay and follow all this other nonsense they've been wanting to do as long as it lines up with their flesh. But when it comes down to it, and the, and the chips are down, 
guess who they're going to be hunting down like a hound dog on a rabbit? Yeah. For what nation is there so great? <laughs> who hath God so nigh unto them? Huh? I hope y'all are underlining all this. I hope y'all got this underlined in your Bibles. Who hath God so nigh to them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon Him for? Woo! Huh. Praise God, man. It's good stuff. I had to put this whole chapter in there, man. Because huh. it's just so good. This nation who hath God so nigh unto them. He said, man, they shall call on me and I will say, here I am. Here am I. You think the people don't know that? Oh, they know it. They know it. They know this church is holy. They know this church is righteous. They see the difference in you. Even if you used to go to their church, they see a profound difference in you. They're mad about it because they didn't see that difference over there. And now you're a thorn in their side because they see it now. You better believe it. That's why they hate me. Because I shine a light on their darkness. Not because I hate them. I don't hate those people. Man, I, I pray for them. You know, there's churches around here that people have been dogging on me and don't like me, hate me, wouldn't even, wouldn't even give me a cup of water to put me out if I was on fire. They'd be sitting over there fanning the flame trying to get me burned up quicker. But you know what? I've prayed for them. I've had this whole church pray for some churches around here. I wonder how many times he's had their whole church, they've had their whole church pray for me. Gosh, wonder if I could count them on one hand. Now, but that's okay. I'm still praying for them because I know what's behind it. It ain't them. It's the one leading them. It's the one that they're following. And I know him. I don't care for him. He don't care for me. So that's the way I look at it. And I pray for them. Because if they can break out of that, they can be what God truly wants them to be. And they can blaze trails. Amen. Just like we're doing. Praise God. Ain't nothing but no devil standing in their way. That's all. For what nation is there? Okay, so we already gone on that now. And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law? <laughs> I love this, man. This ought to be, this ought to be required reading. For every school in the nation. And it ought to be required reading all the way through high school. From kindergarten straight on up. Praise God. What nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? Man, how great to have somebody look at the people of God and say that. And that's exactly what they say. They don't like it because it goes against the flesh. Oh, but they know it. Did you know there was something different about that man? He wasn't the average Christian, was he? He put his money where his mouth was, didn't he? That's right. He always, he always drew the line and said, no. No, no, not even a possibility. See, that's what you saw in him. 
That's what called you to that, to that word. That's what called you to them tapes. I've never seen nobody else like that. Nobody else I know is like that. It was different, wasn't it? Got your attention, didn't it? You actually saw something that was different than anybody else you knew. It's the same with Sister Terrace. It's the same with Sister Erica. It's the same with Sister Rosie, Sister Sandra. It's the same with Sister Susie. same with Brother and Sister uh, Daniel. It's the same with everybody. same with Sister Quick. It's the same with everybody. Same with my wife. When they see it, they know there's something different. Something way different. It's more than a hairdo. It's more than a long skirt. It's more than, it's more than modesty. It's the whole package deal, man. You know what it is? Let me tell you what it is. You ready? Strap in. Hang on. Here we go. It's statutes, judgments, and righteousness. That's what it is. It's law, which the Lord set before us in this house. The same thing God gave to his people from the beginning is the same thing he's given them today. The rules haven't changed. The regulations haven't changed. It's all the same. It's all the same. That's it. The same thing that applied to his people here apply to us today. And they'll apply to everybody in the last day on this earth. I am the Lord. I change not. Amen. Okay. Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. Notice what he said. Lest ye forget the things which your eyes have seen. Have you seen God work? Have you seen him move? Have you seen the miracles of God? Have you seen the judgments of God? Have you seen him perform his word over and over and over? Church, these, these same people right here saw miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And he said, hey... How soon we forget. How soon we forget the miracle working power of God. Lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb. What's Horeb? Mount Sinai. That's right. When the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. Listen. God has given you this understanding and given you this wisdom to teach people, to teach your children and to teach your grandchildren and to teach all those that you have an opportunity to teach. Sometimes you're teaching people you ain't saying the word. Sometimes that's the best way. 
sometimes you just live it before them and, and let God work. If, God, if there's an opportunity, let God work through you. If not, just do what He said to do and let God do His job. God's going to do what He says He's going to do. Sometimes, like I said earlier, it's sometimes it'll, He'll do things for you just because of you. Sometimes He'll reach other people just because of you, just like He did with Solomon for His servant David's sake. They shall live upon the earth and that they may teach their children. And ye came near and stood under the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire under the midst of heaven with darkness, clouds, and thick darkness. And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire. Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, saw no figure. Only ye heard a voice. And he declared unto you his covenant. He declared his covenant. They ain't know he spoke his covenant. He declared it. He declared, this is my covenant. You will keep my covenant. He declared his covenant, which he commanded you to perform. You see that? Does that sound like a negotiation? Did he come to the peace talk and the peace table? Did he come to negotiate? No, he didn't come to negotiate. He came to tell you, this is what you're going to do. Do it or die. Which he commanded you to perform. Even Ten Commandments, and he wrote them upon two tables of stone. Now, I was talking about something here earlier. I was thinking about something here earlier. I'm going to drop a thought in your mind here. We always, there's a big, big controversy. The big, big controversy in, through the years, about thou shalt not kill. There's a lot of places that say, well, you know, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. In war and all that kind of, thou shalt not kill. Uh, uh, uh. No, 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 no. You can't kill because God said don't kill. Is that right? Okay. Let me ask you a question. First of all, that means thou shalt not do murder. Okay, thou shalt not do murder. But let me ask you a question. Was this before David? Yeah. Was this before Elijah? You don't say. Was David of God? Was Elijah of God? Wasn't David the uh, apple of God's eye? Was he not a man after God's own heart? Didn't God tell him time and 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 time again to go against people and wipe everybody out? Who's the one told Saul to go kill every one of the Amalekites? Woman, children, babies, sucklings, oxes, ass, everything on them. Everything pertained to them. Did he tell them to kill them? Who's the one that commanded... Joshua to kill Achan and his whole family. Who said that? Was that the same God said, do not kill? Well, my goodness, what does that mean? Did David not kill thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands? And King Saul killed hundreds. That's one thing caused Saul to hate. 
king uh, David was because David had his thousands and tens of thousands, and Saul only had his little hundreds, and he got his little feelings hurt. Oh yeah, Samson killed a thousand men with with the jawbone of an ass, and not only that, the last thing he did, he God gave him the power in the last request he made to kill everybody in that Colosseum. And the Bible says that moment he killed more in that stadium that day than all his entire life on this earth. God did that. You know the one that said, Thou shalt not, what? Kill. Hello. And he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, even ten commandments, and wrote them upon two tables of stone. And the Lord commanded me at this time to teach you statutes and judgments, that ye might do them in the land, whither ye go over to possess it. So here, God has given him Judgments and, and, and commandments and all sorts of things, statutes that they were to live by. He gave them ten uh, 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 solid commandments, and then he started elaborating on it. He started giving them uh, statutes and judgments and, and, uh, and all sorts of things like that. And, and throughout the Bible, as you've seen, has more and more God imparted wisdom unto man so that he would know how to live a holy and separated life and to add holiness and purity and all righteousness unto their walk with God, which would cause them to come into holiness and become pure. And all through, all through the Bible, from beginning to end, it is a, it is a continual, a continual growth, growing closer to God, becoming more dependent upon Him, becoming less dependent upon the world and those things around and the riches of the world, and becoming less dependent upon the land and those people of the land, becoming more dependent upon God. Amen. That's what the whole Bible's about. Amen. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in horror about the midst of the fire. You didn't see any form. You didn't see him. You heard him. But there was no similitude, no figure there. You saw no form of a man, no form of God. You, you heard his voice only out of the fire of Mount Horeb, okay, which is Mount Sinai. Lest ye corrupt yourselves, take good heed, lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. Here he's already saying, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> he's warning already of things that ain't even happened. He's already warning, well, the thing that they did under the mountain, he said, you better, you better take good heed here because look, before long, you're going to start trying to do what everybody else is doing and make gods for yourself. Because you're not seeing God. But he said, just remember, you never have seen Him. All you've seen is His handiwork. All you've heard is the thundering voice of God. And you saw the fire. You've seen the parting of the waters. You've seen the destruction of people and lands and armies and, and pharaohs and all these armies and, 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 and all the things that God's done. You saw it, but you never saw Him. But just because you don't see Him, do not make any similitude because God does not have a similitude. God does not have a figure or a form. You heard Him yourselves. But be careful that you don't start looking for something to look at. 
Yeah, they'd already done at the, at the, at, at Mount Sinai. So, all the other people around, all their gods were something you could look at and touch. They were tangible. You could touch them. The likeness of any beast that is on earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the hosts of heaven, should be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. Man, people have worshipped everything there is on this earth and even went to the sky. Start worshipping stars and, and different uh, different constellations and all that kind of stuff, and the moon and the sun and all these kind of things. They've, they've made uh, gods out of everything. But the Lord hath taken you, the Lord hath taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt. Well, man, Egypt was a strong, strong power in that time and in that land. And there wasn't nobody could deliver you out of Egypt. There wasn't nobody could deliver the people of all the workers in Egypt. Are you kidding me? All the whole working staff in Egypt was pulled out of there. Two million people is what they estimated to have been that came out of Egypt. Two million people. That's a lot of people, man. Have you seen the million man marching on the television? There was two million people. Egypt wasn't a small place. And buddy, God brought them out. God delivered them, took all the whole work for us. And they took all their stuff and brought it out with them. He took you out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance as ye are today. Man, how great is that? I'm looking forward to my inheritance, aren't you? Furthermore, the Lord was angry with me for your sakes. Oh, see, now, here would seem that Moses is passing the buck. Here where he's talking about God declared he wasn't going to go to into the promised land because he was disobedient. But it truly was. It truly was. He was angry with him for his sake because, you know what, if they hadn't been murmuring against God like they always did, Moses would have never went to God with this issue and he would have never had, he would have never went and smoked the rock when God said, speak to the rock. And he could have went in. So he said, furthermore, the Lord was angry with me for your sakes and swear that I should not go over Jordan and that I should not go in unto the land, unto the good land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. You see? But I must die in this land. I must not go over Jordan. But ye shall go over Jordan and possess that good land. He wasn't happy about that. I wouldn't be either. All the things that he endured, and he don't get to go in and see the promised land. He's got to die out, and all he could do was look over across and see it. I don't care how good you are. Listen carefully and follow closely. You're not exempt. But if Moses... If Moses was not exempt from looking, being, being careful, listening carefully and following closely, we're certainly not. Take heed to yourselves, unto yourselves, lest ye forget the covenant the Lord your, of the Lord your God, which He made with you and make you a graven image of the likeness of anything which the Lord thy God hath forbidden thee. 
For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. Let me tell you something God don't play with. Don't you put something in front of him. Don't you put something ahead of him. No different than me coming home with some woman hanging on my arm. Let me tell you something. This woman ain't going to take that too nicely. Neither would any woman. We're talking about God here. And He don't take that lightly either. He is a consuming fire. When thou shalt beget children and children's children, and ye shall have remained long in the land and shall corrupt yourselves. See that? Moses told him straight out, I know what's going to happen. As soon as I'm out of here, you're going to turn 14 different directions and you're going to become as corrupt as you can possibly become because that's who you are. That's what Moses told him later. Ye shall have remained long in the land and shall corrupt yourselves and make a graven image or the likeness of anything and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God to provoke him to anger. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that ye shall soon utterly perish from off the land whereunto ye go over Jordan to possess it. Ye shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. He said, look, You better watch what you're doing because I'm calling heaven and earth against you today to tell you this is what's going to happen if you do that. Amen. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and and ye shall be left few in number among the heathen, whither the Lord shall lead you. And there ye shall serve gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. But, okay, so, you with me so far? I hope you all underline this, because this whole chapter needs to be underlined. But, everybody say, but. If, when you're in this position, because you've done it, if you've already messed up, screwed up, you've already found yourself in the midst of this mess right here. But if from thence, from that place where you allowed yourself to get to, thou shalt seek the Lord thy God. When you start seeking Him, really seeking Him, Lord, God, I'm sorry, I've sinned. Lord, help me, God. I I, I realize my foolishness, my error. Lord, I'm an idiot. I'm a foolish man. I'm a foolish woman. God... Lord, where are you, Jesus? Forgive me, Lord. Help me to make it right. Help me to get it right. Thou shalt find him if, everybody say if, thou seek him with all thy heart and all thy soul. With all thy soul. See that? Remember the Bible said in another place, thou shalt find him if thou shalt seek him with all thy heart and all thy soul. Amen. It's the only place it's listed. Now, what does that mean? Seek Him with all your heart. What does that mean? It means, what's that? That's right. What does it mean to seek something with all your mind? You know, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. 
But if a man is single-minded or a woman is single-minded, if you set your mind on one thing, have you ever done that? Oh, yeah. Have you ever noticed how much more progress you can make if you have a one-track mind and it's pointed in the right direction? Let me tell you something. One-track mind is a powerful thing, isn't it? Yeah. And that's exactly what God expects. He said, if you find yourself in that position, don't come, in, don't come to me with the, you know, three-quarters of your attention. Or, you know, don't come to me with half-heartedness and, and all that and still trying to hold on to this and hold on to that and, and testing the waters to see what will and what will not be accepted. He said, no. You, he said, if you... Seek the Lord. You will find Him only if you seek Him with all your heart. In other words, your mind's no longer on the mess you was following. You've taken your mind off of that. You have taken your eyes off all that. You realize that's a mess. That's not worth it. You don't want it. It doesn't work. You realize the error of your ways. You realize, amen, that God is the only way. And you have put your mind on God and said, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry. Jesus, I need you and only you. There's nothing for me but you, Lord. Help me, God. He said, when you bring me that, you'll find me. When thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, uh, oh, what? If thou turn to the Lord thy God and shall be obedient, which is better than... God ain't concerned with how much you're sacrificing for Him and... Well, my Lord, now look at all I did for you and I'm giving you this and that. No. Yeah, but you're not following my word. And those things you're not giving me, that's what I'm looking at. He's not concerned with all that. God's not hard up for anything we got other than our obedience. He ain't hard up for that either. He just requires it. Our obedience. And shall be obedient unto his voice. What voice? The voice of the word. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers which he sware unto them. Church, God ain't going to forget you. I talk to him about this all the time. God did not bring you all this way to watch you crash and burn. He didn't bring you all this way and watch you struggle and squirm and, and watch you work yourself to death and watch you uh, 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 sacrifice and all the things that you've done, man, just to look at you and laugh and say, ha, 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 you missed it by that much. No, no. That's not the God we serve. He ain't going to forget. He's not ever forgot that you're His bride. You are in covenant with Him, and He will not forget His covenant. We are the ones that forget our covenant. But if we will humble ourselves and pray and seek His face and turn from our wicked ways, He is merciful. Amen. He is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins. And He will then remember the covenant that we are in 
And he will treat us as what we are. His wife. He's not out to destroy you. He's out to sharpen you up. He's not out to hurt you. He's out to heal you. He's not out to hurt you. He's here to help you. There's only one way to make heaven, and he wants you to be there at all cost. Well, let me tell you something, folks. If he cut your arms and legs off and left you with nothing but eyes and ears and a nose and a mouth, as long as it goes into heaven, you're going to be in good shape because you're going to have a whole new body there. For ask now of the days that are past, which were before thee, since the day that God created man upon the earth, and ask from the one side of heaven unto the other, whether there hath been any such thing as this great thing is, or hath been heard like it. Did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire, as thou hast heard and lived? Look at all the miracles you've seen. Look at all the wonderful things that you have seen. Look at all the times God has proven Himself in this church. Has proven Himself in His Word to you. Has shown you that His Word works every time. All the time. Amen. Has delivered you out of that burning, fiery furnace that you're in. Has delivered you out of that iron furnace. Amen. Of despair. Sometimes when you were looking in... There was a whole lot of month left, but there was no money. And all of a sudden, out of the sky, falls a blessing from God. How many times has God shown Himself powerful? Shown Himself mighty? And you know the whole time He's trying to figure out how He's going to do it. Didn't come nothing like you thought it was going to come. Out of the clear blue. Why? That's God. <laughs> so nobody can take credit. God. God brought it. He said, Did ever a people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of a fire? As thou hast heard and live? Or hath God essayed to go and take him a nation? From the midst of another nation, by temptations, by signs, and by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm, and by great terrors, according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. God went in with a mighty hand, buddy. He took all of them out. The sheep, the oxen, all, and, and took all their money too. Took their gold and their, all their jewels and all that. He took it all. How great is that? God did this right before everybody, right before their eyes, right before them, right before this happened. Not to mention all the miracles that he had performed, all the signs and wonders he performed, how the plagues and everything fell on everybody in Egypt, but not them. And how that God brought them and then took them away in a moment's time each time. And not only that, the last one, he killed every firstborn in Egypt. Everybody that didn't have blood on their door, and not one was lost of God's people. Buddy, that's powerful stuff right there. All this stuff they saw, and still 
they fell aside so often. If you think it can happen to them, if it can happen to them, you think it can't happen to you? Huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unto thee it was showed or shewed, means same thing, that thou mightest know. The reason he showed you all he showed you is that so you might know that the Lord, he is God. There is none else beside him. Out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice that he might instruct thee. And upon earth, He showed thee this great fire, and thou heardest his voice out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them and brought thee out in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt to drive out nations from before thee, greater and mightier than thou art, to bring thee in to give thee their land for an inheritance as it is this day. The Bible says he'd give you houses that you did not build. That's right. Know, therefore, this day, and consider it in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above, And upon the earth beneath, there is none else. Thou shalt keep, therefore, his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. Amen. Well, as far as I'm going to take you tonight, 